Sweet Lord and holy good night. Welcome, wonderful people, to in this very moment. Got agitation? Got something going on that maybe doesn't feel so good and maybe make you feel like you're coming out of your skin or you want to come out of your skin or you want to skedaddle out or you want to explode? I think it's happening to a lot of humans right now on the planet. Astrologically, it's a cooked up fest. Pluto is the planet of like destruction. And Pluto, it's, I love this astrologer that a friend of mine that um, I took some classes with him, his name is Francis Dunner. And he said, when Pluto comes, the best you can do is try to sit on Pluto's um, lap while Pluto kicks your ass. And Pluto destroys so that new can come up, just like anything that happens. You want to tear down a building to make a new one, an old relationship to make a new one, all the things that we have to let go of to make new things. And um, it's not always easy for our, you know, psyche, for that psyche that likes things to understand and to be able to project how we think things should be based on our past whoopee or our past precious. And I was thinking, I was feeling agitated yesterday and today, off and on, also feeling fantastic at times, but also feeling agitated. And I think, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say this source. I think that bras are a great source of agitation for most women. Now, they're fun and you can dress the girls up and you can hoist them and color and all that kind of fun stuff. I mean, that's a lot of fun. But generally, we're in such a nipple averse society, at least for women. And there is a great deal of agitation that is immediately relieved when I take off that um, Viking breastplate, whether it's like the softest material of the softest material, because I I mean, there's this one brand called True Bras that a friend of mine, Lillian, also a member of the Galactic Council, recommended years ago. And it's so old. I say my True Bra is so old that it's false now. It's really not doing anything, but just covering the, the nipple. Oh, my God. Are babies going to want to jump on and suck on me? Are men going to cost me because there's a shade of a nipple showing? This isn't what I originally started to talk about, but I think it's really relevant. It's relevant to why it's a Galactic Council Women All Genders Welcome, where we just unconsciously or just like by rote do the same old things. Little girls that I know, this is what I say to them. Could you free the nipple? Could you be the end of these things, these training bras? I remember one of the young women in my life. I won't say who she is or how she's related to me in case there would be some embarrassment, but also she's underage. So that's fine. But I said, you know, training bras, like, what are you training your bra, your boobs to be? Like the whole thing of the training bra right away smacks of, of restriction. And you got to somehow get those boobs in order. And these tiny, weeny, little, adorable training bras have the nipple shield in there, the shh, don't let anyone see her budding nipple. Now I realize there's sexual aggression. There's all this stuff that's upside down and inside out. However, let's go to the originating cause of it. So I think if you're a woman and you've got some agitation, free the nipple, free the breast, free the girls, let them, let them flow free. I did that right before my broadcast. Now, of course, now I have a, a silk scarf covering so the internets won't be offended. It's so funny. My brother, Michael says, let's consult the Googles about what it is. And I see these figures when we're going on Google to learn something, but like, what do the Googles say about it? But the Googles say that I shall now cover this. So nobody knows that I was actually born with the, uh, the biology of a nipple. I said this when I was nursing my first child, my grandmother on my mom's side, God rest her soul. 
had some sort of, you know, notions about breastfeeding being um, perverted and disgusting. And I mean, they were taught that too. It's like, whatever it was. And I used to say this, this is highly inappropriate if you're listening to this with your children. And I don't know what they're going to bleep out when they're, they're doing this with the words, but um, her walking in, seeing me nurse my children, I say that she would be less offended by walking in and seeing me give my husband a I mean, it was just, that was so horrifying to her. And she did a great job, by the way. I mean, with my third child, she tried to get me to stop nursing in the, the comments that come, you know, how family members can do. And, you know, I'm, I'm part of that too. I'm a family member. But she would say, um, the baby's getting too fat. You have too much cream on your milk. You, you better go to formula. You have too much cream on your milk. And I, I don't know really what that made meant. And I didn't know how to skim the milk off my breast, but I knew that she was trying to, uh, to uh, discourage that act. Ah, God bless her. So um, this, this theme for this very moment got agitation. What I was preparing for this about was I had lots of spiritual esoteric stuff to say, because I always do, and I'm still going to say some of that stuff because it's just wonderful. But if it's not practical, if it's not honest, if it's not real, I, I think there are wonderful teachers on this planet that I have learned so much from that, that are still teaching. And my particular brand of whatever it is I am, a planetary force for truth, an empress of infinite supply and radiant love of the Galactic Council, women, all genders, welcome, a uh, advanced pranic healer, a noble, the light of Institute of Mental Physics, a Reiki master many times over, and um, a holistic health coach, a life coach, oh, all the wonderful things. I'm a master of sound and vibrational healing. I mean, if, if there was something that I could study having to do with feeling happy and uplifting us in ways that were not only ancient, but also cutting edge wisdom, I'm all for it. And that's what I represent here. But if we don't talk about the lighthearted and heavy hearted issues and the medium hearted issues and all the things that come into play, then we're going to have what's called in spirituality, a disharmonious split. Spirituality, I say, is what brings you joy and a sense of connection to something greater than yourself. And that sense of joy has to include humor. It has to have lightness of perspective. It has to have honesty. I personally don't believe in TMI, too much information, and thank God for who and what I am. And I know that other people do, so I don't might not resonate with everyone. But I think that this force of shame that comes from pride, like, like um, shame is pride's um, like you have some pride, you're going to have to poop out some shame. There's just no way to do it. You can get constipated and you can hold it back for a while, but you're going to have to have some shame. And I believe that shame is, uh, which is, you know, pride's bedfellow holds us back. Wayne Dyer said this amazing thing and I wrote it down. I want to read it to you. Most people don't fail to succeed. They fail to aspire to what they're capable of. <sighs> Most people don't fail to succeed. They fail to aspire to what they're capable of. And that's what shame does. That's what a notion of privacy that comes from not wanting other people to dislike you or to cut you out or to reject you or to say bad things about you. Now, of course, keep things, you know, follow your own natural personality. I'm not saying to do that, but find out where your natural personality is inhibited, suppressed, convoluted, you know, just strangulated 
by some notion of should, you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And people will think this and what will people say if you do that? Well, people are going to say what they're going to say anyway. I mean, I tried to be the best person I was in many situations. And I tell you, the response that I got in some of the most um, intimate situations of my life was, you are not only doing your best, you're actually the worst person in the world. Absolutely, you know, horrible. And, you know, get thee back, Satan. I remember once um, in a previous relationship, a longer previous relationship, um, saying, having someone called me a bitch. And I thought, Jesus, I was trying to be nice. Maybe I should actually try to do that. I mean, maybe I should find out what it's like to actually go for it. I'm feeling a little bit that right now, that Alanis Morissette song, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child, I'm a mother, I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. I do not feel ashamed ashamed and it goes on take me as i am you know you might have to be a stronger man i mean crazy great song we're all those things men are those things too and non-binary transgender identified people are that as well we have these personality attributes we have the good and the bad they're a part of who we are what love is what relationship is and what's going to create harmony on this planet is understanding those and coming to elevate all of it to elevate those things those things that are supposedly bad really just making a judgment call for yourself. Do I like how I feel when I'm acting that way? You know, I can slice people to shreds at the harshest way possible, but I have learned the fact that I can do that means that hurts me. What I like doing, it's not that I want to be in denial and not say, hey, X, Y, and Z, but what I really want to do is be a force for, there's more for us, there's more for me. And I have been feeling a lot of, um, I know this is going to get bleeped out, but I think it's okay. Maybe I'll use the good place show analogy for it. The, the fork me symphony or fuck me. Shh. Um, my best friend and I would talk about that, that when we were feeling bad about ourselves, it was like a symphony, like fork me, fork me, you know? And um, I know that when I'm in that place, I'm disconnected from my source, but if I can laugh about it first and then move through it, the, the holding it so horrible is what keeps us stuck. The judging it is what is actually that force that destroys, not the actual lower self feelings. It's then judging those lower self feelings. So it's a, it's, you know, it's a tricky business. I mean, this is a great game here. Well played, Lord. Well done. I mean, I always say that earth is like the greatest computer game ever written. Science and math are the language that God wrote the program. God, great spirit, Jesus, Buddha, Baba, science, nature, Allah, source, goddess, universe, higher self, higher power, any other name is still as sweet, still as powerful, still as nefarious, if that's what you think about a God. But I love letting go of the rewarding and punishing notion of, of the divine and coming into that for myself. I um, was driving this morning for a significant period of time listening to um, the magic of my YouTube feed. I love that the algorithms know me now. I mean, I, I really do love that. I've always thought that it's really good that um, these powers that be through technology listen to me. Maybe they'll learn something or maybe they'll get so bored that they'll go attend to something that really matters. Not like, you know, what I'm describing I'm having for dinner to somebody. And I was listening to Neville Goddard, Jesus, cheese and crackers. Neville Goddard is just an amazing human being, no longer in the body, but resonating from like the um, bombastic Cary Grant past kind of Hollywoody kind of language, this deep voice talking in the, the King's English and, but from America though. 
I believe he's from America. I actually don't know that. And Neville Goddard, I wrote down something he said because I thought this is it. This is the best definition of faith that I've ever heard and the way he continued to explain it. And you know, capital T truth, it's really not coming from someone else. It's coming through them and from our souls to souls, our spirit to spirit, the energy that connects us. I mean, imagine that every soul is like a brilliant ball of light on this planet. And we're all connected by a strand of light. Now those strands of light can have some dark tar light enmeshments on it. And whoo, we want to cut those cords and we don't, but we want to, so we could be detached, not disconnected, but detached from that, which holds us back. Neville Goddard said this, Faith is loyalty to the unseen reality. Faith is loyalty to the unseen reality. And that unseen reality, what Neville, Neville does not mean some pie in the sky, unseen reality, traditional Judeo-Christian notion of the white man with the beard. But if that works for you, Mazel tov, fantastic. I mean, whatever helps you feel your infinite nature and spread the love and goodness of our truth go for it, whether it is, you know, the, the greatest science or just your open heart, it's wonderful. But Neville just does a whole exposition of the Christian Bible, which includes the Old Testament and the, the Torah portion of, I know it's a little bit different. Well, I don't know that for a fact, but I, I'm just saying what he says right now. So I'm just like, I'm just parroting this, this man that has skedaddled a long time ago. But what he does is with the whole Bible uses it as an allegory for the divine creative power that was, is within us. And he says that our imagination is synonymous with God, how we know the greater power. And as we come to know that we have that divine power that we are always creating and we're going to be able to then create with consciousness rather than with unconsciousness, when we do that, we merge into the oneness. And as I have, have been saying for years, we create with the same power that made the heavens and the earth. You, dear spectacular person, have the same power that created the heavens and the earth within you. And like success, it's, it's most, this, I felt better. What Wayne Dyer said is most people don't fail to succeed. They fail to aspire to what they're capable of. And what we're capable of is to be a living, creative, divine eminence. That means that that unseen reality, what Neville was calling the unseen reality, is that what we want to create. He said something crazy great about meditation, too, and I wrote it down. Well, I didn't write it down. I was driving. I voice noted it when I was driving, which, you know, the only reason I got an iPhone years ago is because I found out you could talk to it. And since I am a talker, I'm like, if I can talk to it and it's going to write stuff down, yes, I will get that. But this is what Neville said about um, meditation. Let me read it to you. Meditation is assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Meditation is assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So imagining that feeling. That is, according to Neville, the greatest type of meditative act that you can do. You can do lots of the other things. There are so many different ways. I mean, so many crazy great ways to access the infinite within you. But I have been experiencing in my life that especially when you're in those states of being, when you wake up and you go to sleep, I learned that in my communications class and my law classes as the doctrines of 
primacy and recency, what you hear first and what you hear last, or what you do first and have la do last really has most memory staying power, is that you immerse yourself in the feeling of that which you long for, of the wish fulfilled, which that imagination, that assuming the feeling of that longing fulfilled is then assuming the creative power of the divine spark within you and growing it and letting your being be capable of it. And there are wonderful practices, just, I mean, breath. I'm gonna encourage us right now. This is a, a high vibrational sharing as I think they pretty all are. I mean, we're just expanding more and more. Everyone is evolving, by the way, whether we can see it or not is really a, a, ref, a rel, what word would work here. A reflection is the R word I was looking for, is a reflection of our own ability to perceive. But as we expand, breath is going to help that. And as we do this 360 degree breathing that I love to talk about, where you're not just breathing in through your nose and into your body, and you can breathe out through your mouth or your nose, depending on what lineage is or what you personally prefer. But you're also breathing in 360 degrees through your forehead, your ears, your shoulders, your belly, your buttocks, your knees, your feet, like prana, not like, I didn't need to say like there, prana, life force energy is just coming into you. It rides on oxygen molecules. That's why when they say direct your breath to the part of you that's hurting, right now my right hip is saying, mm, you're sitting on the chair on the wrong nerve, so just shimmy, shimmy, cocoa puff up a little bit. Ah. But when people say, especially in yoga classes or guided meditation, send your breath to the place that is hurting. I used to think my breath is literally only going to my lungs. How am I sending my breath to that place and how is it going to feel better? And most shocking to me was it felt better a lot of the times. And now it really freaking works. What happens is you're using your divine command power, your divine authority to direct the prana or creative life force energy, the purified energy looks like squiggles to me. I can see it in the air. I can see it right now. You send it directly down then through into that place. And it's like, um, it's like a stem cell transplant. It's like the original thing. It's, it's crazy great for us. So in this very moment, if you're agitated, First of all, assume as you're breathing the feeling that you would imagine having no pressure would feel like. Your bank account is just overflowing with squiggles, money, power agreements, that's all it is. You have so much that, you know, you, it's just really how are you going to use it and serve with it? Your body feels so good. You have so many resources for it, massage, acupuncture, medicine, supplements, food, dance, partnership, making love, kissing, cuddling, stretching out, sleeping. Your body is just vibrantly healthy. You can see your skin getting more youthful by the day. Your relationships are just growing in perspective and in harmony. And you're experiencing new things together. You're going for it. I read this extraordinary quote from Meher Baba, the avatar of the age and spiritual master that said that it was about the sanctification of married life. And what Baba said, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but when marriage is entered into or that spiritual committed partnership, 
upon a vision of the capital T truth, it is just fulfills its purpose. And then the couple comes together to experience the best of that spiritual, joyful fulfillment of relationship, which is really about serving the oneness, serving that greater. I was talking to someone this morning. There's a prayer that starts like this, beloved God, help us to love you more and more and more and more and still yet more. And that used to fry my ass, by the way, that prayer. I'm like, why do I have to love a greater God? Like, I'm just like figuring out how to poop daily and get my needs met. And am I going to be loved? And do I belong? And is the world going to explode? And where I get all that kind of stuff. Like, why do I have to love God? Why doesn't God love poor old me? I mean, this infinite all that is. And what I realized, I mean, I'm, I, I guess I probably realized it a couple decades ago. I still fight with it sometimes when I'm smoking the crack pipe of poor, poor, pitiful me, as Linda Rodstadt would sing. But I realized that that's the magic. That's the alchemy. That's the click your heels, Dorothy, three times and say there's no place like home and you're back. That when we love this unseen reality, I will use that Neville's word in my own analogy now. When we love this unseen reality, the way we would love the, the being or attribute or person that it's most easy for us to love. When we love an unseen reality like that, that greater force, it immediately links us up with that greater within us, that soul force, which is the same spark of the greater. And we merge and we have more of the awareness of it. We have more of the consciousness of it. We have more of the creative power that made the heavens and the earth at our disposal. We understand more from the place of universal mind. We are inspired to have ideas. The solutions to the problems in this world do not lie in the way we have tried to figure things out for millennium. We've just, or millennia, I don't know what the singular and plural is. It's probably up, but I'm not sure. It does not lie in that way. It lies in an energetic solution, a spiritual solution, a love which is not like solution. And in that place, these miracle inspirations come and they're coming to me and they're coming to you. If you're, if you're with me in this, you are in such a ripe, vibrant space to receive inspiration never before imagined that you were even capable of. That's why keep breathing, wonderful people. You know, your body needs a lot of support to be able to help tolerate this kind of expanded energy. Otherwise, it'll just like blow your gaskets. It's like it's like putting a garden hose into a balloon and on full force until it blows. We need to be able to immerse ourselves in energy and practices and relationships that expand our knowing of what we are so that we can enjoy the who we are, the what we are is an infinite spark of all that is God. However, we know that term, that is our foundation. If we don't keep coming back to that foundation of the unseen reality of the faith being loyalty to that unseen reality, we will continue to be battered by the seen duality, the yes and the no, the right and the wrong, the this and the that, the love and the hate which is really like and hate is love is a different force. It doesn't pray to that. So that being the basis of what we're here for. <sighs> I will complete with this quote that I think is, um, it is something that I have lived my life by for many years of my life. It was because I was so desperate to find happiness in great unhappiness. I was so tortured 
by um, not understanding my place in the world and how it is that I could possibly matter, how it is I could love and be loved at a level that would be satisfactory to my soul and feel fulfilling while also serving. So I, I will read you this quote and I will share a little bit. This quote is from actually, I don't know who it's from. I was on a, um, a Zoom, a workshop on, from a book called Effort and Grace. And I think it might have been Jeff Wolverton who runs those that said it or, or someone else or is reading from someone else. I don't know who it is. Thank you, whoever said this. But it said, you are your greatest asset. Never stop investing in yourself. You are your greatest asset. Never stop investing in yourself. Oh, you are your greatest asset. Never stop investing in yourself. Please, we need you. I need you. We need legions of like-spirited people to invest in themselves, to invest in the unseen reality, to be loyal to that, to cultivate that, to aspire for more than they ever thought they were capable of, to be able to assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled and know that their imagination, their imagination has no boundaries. It is infinite and it will usher in a new age and it will help us while Pluto kicks our ass or however you describe, you know, the outside seeming forces that are prey upon us. But we're actually partners with Pluto. We don't want to stay small anymore. The purpose of the creation is to expand and to experience love and relationship and to grow in our creative abilities and to live from joy, from the Upanishads, from joy we spring towards joy we move and to joy we return. That's what we're going for. Joy, joy, that sense that there's more and that joy can exist in the darkest moments of grief. When I have been in the darkest moments of grief, when I remember to thank the greater within me and around me, because I know that whatever is causing me that feeling of loss is an illusion and is pointing me from that which keeps me small to that which will bring me my longings fulfilled. So I say to you, dear person, invest in yourself, invest time, listen to these things that me and people like me are saying, invest in whatever you're interested in, invest in Prosper Plus, well, Prosper Plus is free right now, but invest in the Galactic Council of Women, All Genders Welcome. It's the most delightfully inexpensive, most powerful forum I believe that's ever been created. I know that's ever been created because I have been listening to that inspiration that comes from the generous, infinite, eternal now. I know that I'm here to fulfill a life task, to rewrite the global economy and to be able to give myself, assume the feeling of that wish fulfilled, be faithful to that unseen reality and continue to be inspired in ways to bring that so everyone can prosper, flourish, become strong, have well-being plus. It is our soul right when we allow our mind and our body to link up with that infinite source and to link up, I say energetically, we're linking elbows across the world to truly prosper. We had a Galactic Council happy hour yesterday that the happiness is the energy of oneness. And one of the members of the Galactic Council, whose name, Galactic Council name is the Smiling Witness said that she experienced holding hands without holding hands. We're doing that right now. And I want you to experience, I'm reaching my hands out. 
my energetic hands. I see them as all covered in this beautiful luminescent white light with green, which is a, of a color of great healing and, and dissolution of, of letting go of what no longer serves our fullest loving. And I'm saying around the globe, let's take hands. Let's do that. Let's join together. Let's go for more than we ever imagined we were capable of. Let's use our imagination, which is synonymous with our divine right power and this incredible cosmos was created from it. And let's give ourselves fun names. Let's live a life that children would wanna live. I can tell you the children in my life are delighted that I call myself the Empress of Infinite Supply and Radiant Love, because why not? And that I started something called the Galactic Council of Women, All Genders Welcome, because why not? It's devoted to dissolving that shame, virus, disease. I mean, fatal. It is fatal to our well-being and to live from the joyful, playful truth of what we are so that we can enjoy the who. I'm enjoying the what I am. I'm enjoying the what you are. And I would love for our who's to play together. Maybe that's why I so much love Cindy Lou Who. I say my tagline is, don't fork with her. Cindy Lou Who, don't fork with her. I tell you, the ferocity and fierceness of the feminine goddess energy of Durga and of, of Lalita and of Kali that's coming through me right now, whoo, it's something. So don't, let's not mess with that force. Let's, let's surrender to it. Okay, people. <sighs> loving you like crazy, as always, feeling a lot of power. And um, I'm really, really grateful that you're on this journey. You matter. You matter to me. I feel you in my soul. It's just one of my great gifts to feel the connection regardless of time and space. So um, let's play together more. I would love that. Love, power, and blessings, dear wonderful person. Mwah. <laughs>